I conclude the sermon series on the I am sayings in scripture according to John. This morning we're going to, I am the true vine. How many knows that Jesus Christ is the true vine? And the only way you're going to get true nutrition is that you're tapped into the right vine. Amen. Because if you're, in, if you're tapped anywhere in this world, it's going to lead you into some dry dirt. You're going to know what I'm talking about in just a couple of moments. I'm telling you what, I was excited. I get excited about the scripture, but I'm studying this this past week. And I'm like, okay, it's the last one. What more can I say about Jesus? And we're talking about, you know, I feel like sometimes it's redundant, Brother David. I feel like that, you know, we say the same things. But I think as Christians, Paul, you know, the Bible, Paul spent so much time speaking the truth to the Christians. Unsaved folk aren't ready for it. But us Christian folk need to hear the word of God over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And did I say over? Because if we don't, we begin to lose track of it. And so this morning, we need to realize that amongst anything that we've set up to this point, this is probably one of the most important things I can talk to you about. The fact that he left this being the seventh I am in the book of John, it's not the least, but it's probably the greatest in my opinion. I was studying this past week. I was almost to tell you that. I'm studying it, and I come across something. I'm excited. I got to hold on. I got to hold on to it just for a minute. But I was excited about it because I've always read the scripture in a negative way. But how, God, how can you, how can you just throw me away? How can you, if, if I'm not where I'm supposed to be, how can you just throw me out? Because I'm not meeting the mark. And I'm studying this scripture and I'm like, wow. God, that's not what you're saying at all. We just don't have the right interpretation of it, so follow with me. So John 15 here begins with this, uh, given and talking about the true vine and the vine dresser. Jesus knew that with his son soon departing, his, his soon departing, not his son, but his soon departing, that they would be tempted, his disciples would be tempted to leave him and return back to the law of Moses. Because how many knows we have a good track record of regressing? Has anyone in the house ever had a child that you had to teach to tell you no? You had to teach them to be bad because you didn't want them to not fit in with everybody else. Why is that? Because they come by it honest. We as human beings, we as adults, guess what? Are no different. The only difference is mom and dad are no longer looking at you and saying, stop it, son. But we got to begin to listen to the Holy Spirit in our life for Christians when he says, stop it, son. So Jesus knew this was going to be a problem. So he knew they would be tempted to grow strange to one another. That's the reason why we got to stay in church. Amen. And therefore, he pressed it upon them to love one another. Wasn't that what his message was? One of the greatest things that Jesus ever brought to the, to the New Testament was that all of the commandments can be summed up in one word, that you would love one another. They would also be tempted to shrink back from their apostleship and step out of the role in which they had been placed, especially when the hardship came. Especially. 
You know, life has a way of hitting all of us. I don't care if you're saved, unsaved, black, white, red, purple. Hardship is going to happen to all of us. But what I, what I do know that no matter who we are or where we're at or where we're at in our, our stage of life with Christ, he's always going to be there to help pick us back up. So today, I want to talk to you about what the interest of this vine really means to us. I'm going to talk to you about what it means to be taketh away. And I love this part. Can't wait to get there. I'm going to talk to you about what fruitful people will and have need of and why they have need of pruning. Anybody like to be pruned? Huh? Nobody likes it? Oh, okay. Finally, we have need to abide in him. We're going to talk about what that means. So John 15, chapter, chapter 15, verse 1. Let's read the scripture tonight. It's this morning. I guess I'm prophesying at a different time. But. John 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I've always read that as being something kind of harsh. Lord, why would you take me away if I'm just not meeting the mark? And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And verse 5, I am the vine. There's only one vine, folks. There's not many different ways of doing this thing. It's one. His name's Jesus. Wake up to the truth. It's not your way, the highway, or Buddha's way. All of them little fat babies are dead. Truth, right? But my God's alive. There's a tomb to prove it. It's empty. Can't say that about the rest of them. Unless we get honest with ourselves and realize that there's only one way to heaven, we'll continue to play around with the stupidity of the culture. Because the devil understands if he can confuse your mind. Today, there's one way to heaven. You cannot be good enough to inherit heaven. You've got to be connected to the vine. And can I tell you, I'm going to spoiler alert, unless you're willing to be pruned, you're not going to be with him either. Well, preach it. <laughs> Verse 2 says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. What is this, every branch in me? You see, we understand that in Christ means, and it's speaking of the Christian's legality of the family position as a result of God's grace we come into the branch we are a branch in Christ for one reason and one reason only not because we earned it not because we've done enough good to deserve it but because he gave us grace grace is unmerited faith it's unmerited you cannot earn something that's given to you so 
We understand he's the vine planted in the vineyard. The vineyard is planet earth. He was planted. You realize that when Jesus died and he was put into the ground, he was planted? And any good seed that is going to bring forth fruit is going to come up. So therefore, following the nature, the law of nature, he had to rise, not just because that he was the son of God and power and life was in his blood. It was because his seed had to bring about life. Because everything about Jesus is life. The culture in which you live in today looks at Jesus and Christianity as death. Because all they can think about is if I give my heart to the Lord, i got to stop doing all these things. But what they, if they would realize that when you give your heart to the Lord, all you're going to do is bring more life to yourself. Not about doing all these things or not doing all these things. Does God leave the way he found you? Absolutely not. And can I tell you, he don't want to. And you don't want him to. Because the only way you can grow in God is that you are pruned. Pruning is not fun. It's necessary necessary so also no plant produces fruit instantaneously you cannot plant a peach tree in the backyard and go out the next morning and harvest peaches if you think you can you can't even go out a year later two years later I don't know how many years it takes I didn't look that up Somebody might be a botanist in here and they could tell me this, that, but it takes time. We're in too much of a hurry because we've got microwaves. And when we want our popcorn, we want it in a minute. And we want our Christianity to grow in a minute. But it comes over time, folks. Some of the best food you'll ever make takes time to cook. But we're too lazy in today's culture, and we don't want to put any effort into it. We want something given unto us. Oh, I'm going to go to church, and pastor, she's going to give me the word, and boy, I'm going to be full all week. Listen, if you come here and think, I'm going to fill you up, and it's going to last all week, you've been deceived. I can't give you enough word to get you through the week. Now, you think you can, but um, trust me when I tell you, you really can't. Open your B-I-B-L-E, because it's the only vine. The prophet speaks of this vine over in Isaiah 53 and 2. (laughs) Hundreds of years before Jesus walks into this world in the form of a baby, the prophet prophesies of the vine. It's one thing to bring prophecy of a coming king or a, a leader and have, you can, we can really dream some stuff, but, but the prophet specifically talks about a vine. It's amazing. He says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness. This is the King James Version. And when he shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. Talking about Jesus. He is coming out of dry ground. He was planted out of dry ground. It's all going to make perfect sense when I talk to you about what this taketh away means. This is where I get excited. He's the true vine, as truth is opposed to pretense and counterfeit. He's true. 
Everything about Jesus is truth. The devil is the father of lies. You want to believe a lie, believe what the devil says to you. That don't take much, that don't take any faith at all. Just stop believing in Jesus and they'll take root all real quick like. Or maybe it already has. But what does he mean by the vine dresser taketh away the fruit list? What does that mean? What does it mean that Scripture says he taketh away? Again, I've looked at this and thought, well, I mean, I understand there's no fruit, so he just rips it out of the ground. Just I can see a grapevine when I was young, when I was when I was real young, my grandparents, when my grandmother passed away, she passed away when I was seven. My my sister was real young, and uh, but growing up after my grandparents passed away, they had done like an orchard and a garden and everything, but they left they had pretty successful grapevines. And so they lasted for some long time after they, she'd passed and my grandpa moved on and stuff, and, and we would pick grapes off of it. But I'm, I'm thinking back in my mind's eye, and I'm thinking, okay, when he says he takes it away, I can see these branches on this vine, and it's like they're dried up. And I can see those branches just being plucked. But I, there's a problem with that thought. That's pruning not taken away so i'm looking this up and i'm thinking god what is this and i come across it and i'm like oh i can't wait now watch this in the greek the word is arrow a-i-r-o with a little thing across top of it okay guess what it means to lift up You'll get it in just a minute. So when the winter weather was over and the time for productivity was approaching, church goes through seasons. Just like the natural, there's seasons. So when the productivity, the time of harvest would begin to approach, the vine dresser would move through the vineyard, lifting the branches from the ground where they had been for the winter and propped them up with stakes where they would receive the warmth of the sun. This process prevents them from getting many little roots spread throughout all of the ground, watch this, where the moisture is not present to produce nothing. So literally what the scripture is trying to tell us is that the main vine was in the ground rooted. That's Jesus. We're branches off of that vine. We are, he's the main stem, we're the branches. But we have a tendency as people of God to think that we can take root of ourselves. Especially in times of deadness. Well, you know, if we would just do it this way, if we would just do this, and if we would just do that, I, I know what would work. We would, and, and we begin to take root, spread out. But the problem is, Sister Ann, the problem is, that's not where the moisture's at. Because the moisture is not there. The moisture is still connected to the vine. 
So when we begin to do this stuff by ourselves, he says, hold on a minute. That won't work because that will never produce fruit. So he comes along and the scripture says he takes it away. But what he's saying is he lifts it up off the ground so that you cannot do that. Because when we're lifted up from ourselves, protected from ourselves, then we are like, well, I can't do it by myself. I've got to revert back to the vine. Oh, somebody listen to what I'm trying to tell you. vine dresser prunes the fruitful. I asked you a minute ago how many in the room wants to be pruned. None of us do, do we? But in the spirit, every one of us, one of us in this room should be lifting our hands. Because in order to be abiding in him, we've got to be fruitful. And in order to be fruitful, we must be pruned. That's when we come along and thought, well, that's, we need to get rid of, that branch there is just kind of, it's not doing any good. It's not helping with the, on the side. And, you know, if I get rid, I clean that up a little bit, everything looks a lot better. It's not quite so bunched up and bogged down by things of life. And if I just take and pull that out of there, they won't be distracted anymore. And, and if I get that out of there, then they can let go of that hurt. And then if I get rid of this, I can, I can get their focus on me again. Are you hearing me? He never meant this scripture to be negative. He meant that he would lift you up. He would prune you. If you're fruitful, he'd prune you. But if you're in the ground, notice if you're stuck on the ground and you begin to take root of yourself, that's not fruitful. It will produce nothing. So he prunes. Prunes, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Greek. See me after church, and I'll give it to you. It means cleanses. The word in the Greek means cleanses. Look it up. Cleanses. Once the fruit is on the vine, the vine dresser cleanses the fruit of bugs and disease. The only way to be strong used to be cleansed of the bugs and disease. I remember as a child, again, my grandpa, they took care of the orchard, and I can remember this. He would go out there, and he would spray the fruit trees. He would tend to them. He would spray them. Why? Because of bugs and disease. Because if you allow the bugs and disease to take over, the tree eventually dies. Listen to me now. We need to spray ourselves with what we know. That's why it's important. But then also he would take and put a net over the cherry tree. That was a big job. He'd done that to protect it from the birds. Because the birds would come and peck and steal we need tending to. We're better when we're tended to by the Lord. The spiritual counterpart is cleansing, which is done through the word. The vine dresser lifts up fruitless branches and cleanses the fruitful ones so that we can be more fruitful. It's never about 
taken away was never about the fact that you was not being productive or valuable because every individual that God has created that's breathing and has life is valuable in the eyes of God. Nothing is worth throwing away. I don't care if you're not serving God right now. I don't care. Everybody in this room, everybody that's connected, anybody you know is valuable in the eyes of God. All he wants to do is lift you up. <laughs> that's good stuff right there. The vine dresser lifts up fruitless. Mm. The point of the figure is not to is not union, but communion and consequence, and the consequence would be fruit. So what are we going to do? For the branch to abide or produce means to abide, which means to dwell, to settle, to sink deeper. What God is looking for is a church that is willing to stay, settle, and dig deeper. If we want more of God, we got to realize that we got to abide more in His Word. We got to abide more in His Spirit. If you don't like it, I can't help it. But the way that this thing works is you got to be connected to the vine. But if you're not producing at the rate that God's looking for, He's either going to lift you up or He's going to cleanse you because something is holding you back. Because as long as you're connected to the vine of God, you don't have to want for nothing because you got the moisture you need, you got the ability to produce fruit because he is the one that produces it through you. <laughs> we must allow the Holy Spirit of God to lift us up. To lift us up away from which that which is tempting us to do our own thing and get back to producing the fruit we were intended to do. 1 John 3 verse 24 says, and he that Keepeth his commandments, dwell in him, and he in them. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. What encouraging words. What encouraging words is that? All he said to do is keep his commandments. I've already told you the one way to continue to do so is that we would love God, love one another, and doing so we shall keep the commandments of God. Because you don't steal from people if you love them. You don't kill people if you love them. Oh, but you've got to get revenge in this day. Now, they'll just take advantage of you. You know what? Scripture says if he smacks the one cheek, give him the other. We don't like doing that, do we? I'm going to tell you what, they clock me up. It's going to be hard to say, oh, that felt good, hit the other one. <laughs> is that what he's talking about? Not necessarily. What he's talking about is be willing to go beyond yourself because he is worthy of it. So a warning is given here in John 15, 6. If we don't abide him, let's look at that. John chapter 15, verse 6, now through verse 8. John 15, verse 6 says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out. So we just talked about being taken away, and we know now that that was lifted up. And now we, we know that if we're fruitful, we're, we are pruned. But it, the, the story changes now. 
and it, it shows you, it, it illustrates to us what is important to God. It's, it's not important that we do, we do all the accolades of great people. It's not important that we try to strive and be like people above us and we want to be famous and we want to be the biggest church on the block. All that stuff matters not. Because you can be the biggest, baddest, bestest of anything you want to be and still be dead in your sins. But what he knew to be true, verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Now we see death happening. Why? Because when you are not connected and you are not abiding, you begin to die. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my, what is it? Words. Abide in you. You will ask what you desire. You know what's different about your desire when you abide in him? Your desire no longer is your desire. Your desire is his desire. Because truly connected people desire what God desires. That's why he can say that in this verse and mean it. It shall be done. Verse 8. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciple. How do you get to be the disciple? Is it that you bear the best looking fruit, the most desired fruit? You're the biggest tree. You put on the most tomatoes. What is it? Greatness in God is given to those that abide. Greatness in God is given to those, and disciples in God's eyes are those that truly are sold out and abide in him. Because if he says, if you'll do that, then all this I've just talked about is not even worth talking about because you understand that I am the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? So here's my bottom line. I want you not to forget this. You forget everything else I talked to you about. Just remember this. To abide in, to abide in Christ is to obey Christ. Do you realize that Adam and Eve did not commit a sexual sin? They did not go out to the local pub and drink and cuss and act a fool. They didn't commit, you know, fornication. They was, they was given union together. None of that, none of the things that God talks about that's destruction to our soul here as a sin, they didn't do any of that. What did they do? They disobeyed. The greatest the, the sin, think about this. The sin that altered humankind started with disobedience. You think it's changed? No. Disobedience is still a number one problem in Christians today. 
because God says do and we don't. Oh, we want the blessings of God. I'm a Christian. I'm blood bought and filled the Holy Ghost, but I don't read my Bible. He says, go to church. I don't need to go to church because I don't want to. We make excuses. It's human nature. God's got grace for it, so I'm not speaking down to us. But what I'm trying to tell you is obedience is important. So he said to abide is to obey. To abide is to obey. Sister Jane, if you come to the piano, begin to play softly, and I'm done. I got a couple of questions for you before we leave today. I believe this is a very important message this morning I've delivered to you. And I believe it's an encouraging word. That he doesn't just throw us away, church. He lifts us up. We don't always produce fruit right off the bat like, a, like I told you about the fruit tree. We don't always produce fruit. We may, we may be God's tree. But he can't get the figs just yet because it's not time. Does that mean he don't love us? No, that means he's going to continue to tend to us even closer. Have you ever seen anybody that give the heart to the Lord and you're like, boy, I wish God gave me that much attention. It seems like that God just puts a covering over them and everything that they do just falls together. The branches are green and yours is a little bit turned. But you've gotten a little weary. <laughs> he doesn't throw you away. He just says, well, you've got some work to do. and I, Don't worry. Don't worry, I got, I got the right spray concoction right here in my, in my bag. I, I've got you. I've got you. I'll protect you from disease. I'll, 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 my word, what I say to you will protect you from things that are trying to come against you. He says, all you've got to do, all you've got to do is just obey my word, abide in me, because obedience is greater than sacrifice. You can sacrifice your whole life, but if you don't obey God, you don't know Him. Obedience is necessary. Every one of us in this room, obedience is necessary. Are you not producing the fruit that God wants you to produce right now? That's okay. That's okay. Are you producing a little bit of fruit, but you know you need to do more and you've been resisting pruning? That's okay too. Because we don't like being pruned. It hurts. This morning, just stand to your feet this morning. Like I said, I'm almost done. I got a couple things I want to ask.